Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones. I'm here with another quiet talk for you with a voice that is partly recovered from whatever it is I've had. So thank you for your patience as I try to get through this. About three weeks ago, I did a talk that I called, somewhat tongue-in-cheek, Problem of Evil Solved. Of course, at the outset of that talk, I immediately admitted that I hadn't really solved the problem of evil. I was just trying to get you to listen. I can be tricky that way. But today, I'm actually going to take a pass at this age-old problem. It has various so-called solutions, but none that is completely satisfying. When you are suffering deeply, philosophy just doesn't help much. One solution, if you could call it that, says that before creation, God predetermined every event that would ever happen in the world, whether good or evil. In other words, everything is God's will. The murder of a little child is somehow part of God's plan. It's not for us to question God, but just to accept everything. This answer doesn't work for most people who are suffering some kind of evil, whether it's a crime like I just mentioned, or some terrible disease, or even a natural disaster. In my humble opinion, the notion that God directly causes every event that takes place in this world has driven more people away from him than anything the church has ever taught. In my years of ministry, I have heard this question more than once. Why is God doing this? to me. People say that because they've been taught that everything that happens is somehow the action of God. I'm now going to set forth a different view that I hope may help someone listening. The other view in the main says that evil is the result of free will. If you have free will, it naturally follows that you could choose evil. If you can't, then you don't have free will. If God stopped us from doing bad things before we did them, we couldn't really say that we have free will. To be real, free will must have a range of time in which to express itself. Otherwise, it isn't really free. So then the question immediately arises, if God is all-knowing, then why would he create a world that could go so badly wrong as this one has. Again, while there is no completely satisfying answer, for me, what I'm about to share is the best we can come up with. Beyond this is the realm of trust, which is probably the most necessary things for humans to have when it comes to our relationship to God. For me, this discussion must start with the assumption that God's goal in the creation of mankind was to bring about a kingdom of love. John famously stated in 1 John 4, twice as a matter of fact, that God is love. He didn't say God is a loving type of God or even that God loves us. He said something so much deeper than that. God is love. Love is his nature. It's not something he turns on and turns off. It's who he is. 
He can't stop being love any more than he can stop being God. From all eternity, there has been an infinite and unhindered flow of love between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Love is the one thing that has always existed because God has always existed. One aspect of love is that love creates. God created mankind so we could share in that beautiful love that God is. Love gives. God so loved that he gave. This is the nature of love. In love, God wanted us to know love. But then we must point out that love requires freedom. It can't be forced. You may have a slave that you can force to work for you by giving punishment or withholding food. You can make people do certain things. But one thing you can't make people do is love. No amount of coercion can bring about love. That's just the way things are. So God, in seeking to create a kingdom of love, created a race of beings with the power to reject him. There was no other way. I know my wife loves me because she didn't have to marry me. Nobody held a gun to her head at our wedding. She was there because she chose to be there. And more than that, I know she loves me because she has stayed with me all these years through some pretty difficult times. To have love, you must have free will. But as we can see from observing this world, love and freedom are risky. Sometimes that person you love turns away. Sometimes people make choices that are harmful. But if they couldn't do that, then you couldn't say there is free will. And if there's no free will, there can be no love. Now, even if you accept all this I've said so far, there have no doubt been times when you've said to yourself, or perhaps you've said to God, it's just not worth it. There's too much pain and suffering in the world. The risk was too great. The hurt is too much. That feeling is very understandable. Job suffered much. He cried out in pain, and in his pain said some things about God's management of the world that were not very nice. God didn't destroy him for that because God understood Job's pain. He did correct him, but he didn't judge him. So if you're suffering right now and wondering why God would make such a world that could have so much pain in it, consider this. Is love worth it? I'm in the home stretch of life right now. My wife and I have nine children and ten grandchildren. I have been in the ministry all my life. I can tell you that I have hurt at times, sometimes very deeply. But I can also tell you that love is worth it. I would not want to change the way God made things if it meant not ever experiencing love. Even with the pain that comes from being a parent, for example, I'm glad God gave me that privilege. It has been worth all the pain that comes with it. But higher than even the most noble human love of a man for his wife, a wife for her husband, a parent for a child, is the greatest love we can know, God's love. 
I do what I do after all these years because I have caught a glimpse of God's everlasting love for me. Some years ago, God gave me a special experience of attaining an insight into the famous parable of the prodigal son. As a wonderful minister was teaching on this passage, I suddenly got a vision, you might say, of a father running heedlessly down the road to meet his son, not caring what the townspeople thought, not concerned for the dishonor he was bringing on himself by this display. He was consumed by his overwhelming love for a son who had dishonored him, who had wished him dead. He didn't stop to consider his own pain, but he ran to embrace and restore that wayward, sinful son. In that moment, I realized that God loved me unconditionally. I knew that in spite of my sin and rebellion, God, without hesitation, sacrificed his one and only son, his beloved son, that I might be redeemed. There's nothing that comes close to the beauty of this love that is greater than all loves we could imagine. Is love worth the pain? God apparently thinks so. And while we can't see it now, if we will put all of our suffering, all of our questions, all of our doubts at the nail-scarred feet of Jesus, then he will give us the grace to go through this life in faith, knowing that no matter what happens, he has prepared for us an eternal future without pain, without hurt, without suffering, where all is love and joy and peace. And while this world of pain is really but for a moment, that world of joy will be forever. When we enter that world someday, we will say with confidence, love was worth it all. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have loved me with an everlasting love. I thank you, God, that you love supremely, infinitely, every person listening to this podcast. So I pray, Lord God, that you will just encourage those, especially those who may be suffering, help them to know that love is worth it, that you love them and that you have a great future in store for them without pain, without suffering, without sorrow. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I'm thankful I was able to get through this without having a coughing fit. <laughs> Thank you for listening and uh, just pray for us. Pray for us at the Bread of Life Anglican Church. We meet Sundays at 10 o'clock at the American Legion Hall, which is at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. If you're in the area, you don't have a church home, we would love to meet you then. As always, you may reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.